0: This is the Water Boys Podcast presented by Crossing Broad. Hello, everybody. I'm Coach Gary. With me, as always, Mr. Kyle Pagan, and we are back talking again about Major League Baseball. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies finally make the move that was obvious to everybody was firing Joe Girardi. It was roundabout time. I don't even know the name of the new the new manager. It's something. Well, you Thompson.
1: better you better learn his fucking name. He's three and and0 oh. He's batting a thousand. He's, he's three and and0 oh against who? Uh, the, the the Angels, uh, Shohi Atani. Okay. Uh, no, I'm, I just didn't know who they were playing. Mike Trout. Don't let the 11-game uh, losing streak, <laughs> 12 games now losing streak, get, get to you. All right? That's yeah, Sorry, team. I was
0: I was too busy watching the Mets versus the Dodgers. You know, two really, really good teams. Are you a little bit scared? Of what? any Of the Phils, of the Fightins. Well, the only thing that I think I've said this to you a thousand times, I think... Once they start hitting, they'll you know they'll they'll kind of hide some of their blemishes, but um, you know they've really buried themselves. And if I've learned anything about long seasons, especially coming off this Islander season, if you bury yourself at the beginning of the year, it's really hard to dig out of a hole. Now, on top of it, everyone's waiting for them. everyone's like everyone on Twitter is like, well, you know, the Mets are going to met at some point, point. and it's mm-hmm. some, like this can come back to hurt me. This team's really well balanced. I don't think they're going. They, I'm assuming they'll go through a slump at some point. But I, I think what the Mets are is just a very good baseball team. So I think with the lead they have and the Mets team that they have and the Phillies kind of putting themselves in the deficit, I, I'm not worried until the deficits into, you know, seven and a half games if it gets that close. Can I admit something? Go for it. I kind of like the Mets. It's this hard team. not to like the Mets. They're they're a fun team. I was watching the
1: game last night. Eduardo Escobar goes for the cycle. Yeah, and you refuse to tweet was, about Eduardo tweet about. Escobar. I mean, you got Pete Alonso. He he bothers me cuz he's just this fat guy chugging around second base, third base, he's sliding into home like an idiot. But like, <laughs> he's my idiot though. The the you got to look at this Mets team and you think all of these things that have happened around them would be in the past, a time that would derail the Mets. The DeGrom injury before the season ever started. Okay, that happens. Lindor slams his finger in a door. He's out one night. I don't even think they lose that night. Nope. And he and he comes back and he's in the lineup and he's playing well. Then you have the Max Scherzer. His dog bites his hand. These guys are still
0: winning. Like these are all Mets well, stories in the past. It's that also so funny because the season for the first time ever, when the when the when the Scherzer news broke, Twitter was like Mets Twitter is a, is a cesspool of hate and you know. It's like it is like Philly's Twitter. I, I've delved a little bit. The Mets, the Mets have this like. The- it, there's a sanction of Mets fan and the worst part is the worst thing Barstool ever did for the world was give Frank Fleming a microphone he just has the sky is falling take at all times but there's a faction of Mets fans who actually act like that at all times and it's infuriating so and the and the reporters are just as bad I mean fucking Mike Puma's out here saying oh my god it's tendons and stitches and then Max Sturzer literally puts out a tweet he's like I got nipped I'll be fine there's no <laughs> setback whatsoever and so like when it comes out and it finally is back to positivity it's like great here but let me let me just Read you off a couple things right here. The Mets run differential right now is still 82 runs, Damn. and that's kind of impressive with what they've had to deal with in their pitching staff. I know, and look, I don't want to make this a whole Mets thing. No, no, like, I, I, the Mets, the Mets deserve their shine. So the, go ahead. The excitement right now, and my, and Max will be coming on a little bit later, also a fellow Mets fan of mine. We, you know, it, it's starting to build. Me and him will text. We'll be like, "Oh my god, this team just doesn't lose games, and they're never out of games. They always seem to be able to, wait, to find their way back, and they just find new creative ways to win." And, and that's kind of the fun part about the whole thing. Like we, you know, we have an interview coming up with an usher in Philadelphia for the, at CBP who was talking about the golden years of baseball. And every night right now, when the Mets are on, it's like having a it's, it's like having events. Have something to watch every night has been great. Um, I know the shoe can still fall because you know just like those fans that i just i just talked about and made fun of like it's always sitting in the back of the mind of a Mets fan because if you're a Mets fan in my age group all you've known is disappointment and frustration you've never seen the golden years of 86 and ever since like, you, you you had two world series appearances where they got embarrassed in both of them and then massive collapses and then hilarious stories and terrible ownership getting caught up in ponzi schemes like it's been terrible to be a Mets fan it, it's, it's 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 the worst to root for this team And ever since Steve Cohen bought the team and, you know, you can kind of say last year is what it is. Like they, they were a fugazi first place team. And finally the injuries caught up to them, but this year, it just feels a little bit different. It just feels like they're doing something special. And I I hope I'm not wrong because the best part about this is I can just look at the trade deadline and cross it out and not even care about because I still have Scherzer, McGill and DeGrom all coming back at some point this year. And hopefully they stay, they stay healthy. The one thing about baseball, and, and and this
1: is the toughest year because the finals are going to be done in in a week and a half, and so it's just going to be baseball season. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, obviously you got a little bit of the finals there, but like, well, hold on a second.
0: The the Stanley Cup doesn't start until after the finals end. Yeah, they did that on purpose.
1: Yeah. So, oh, still, I mean, you, you, but you know, a month from now, it's going to be just baseball. And right. I kind of just got that hope again after they fired Girardi. And they go on a three-game win streak, and they and they win convincingly. They have the ten nothing win. They have I think it was seven two, and then that comeback win that I was there on Sunday. I mean, the ballpark was just exploding. It was awesome. You'll appreciate this, and a lot of fans will appreciate this. I I was in my seat. My my guy, my uh, my other guy, stood me up for the tickets. You stood me up for the tickets. Uh, I didn't stand
0: you up for the tickets. I told you, you pretty quickly. I had softball.
1: <laughs> it's true. I had 10 other people that could not go either. Nobody wanted to go with me to the Phillies to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. And it's not like I did it like a, a last second Sunday. I asked people like Saturday and stuff. So whatever. So it's the seventh inning. The Phillies aren't hitting and whatnot. I moved seats. You know, I, I, oh, I no. the stars weren't aligning. So I, I went up to the bleachers by the CP Rankin bleachers uh, above Ashburn Alley. And I was going to watch the eighth inning. And once it was done, I was going to go home. And then with two outs, three two pitch, Bryce Harper ties it up with a grand slam. It it, it was awesome, and it was all because of me because I moved and I and I yeah. realigned the stars. And then I went back to uh, went back to my seat for the ninth inning. Bryce Stott hits a home run two two rows right in front of me.
0: you can see you me go. on the broadcast. You're like I don't know what it is. So they're the Phillies' guardian angel, You're the the guardian of hot dogs and home runs.
1: I'm giving my my right arm. for for this team. There you go. Right here. It's a
0: mean farmer's tan. You look like a (laughs) plantation owner, my friend. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, look, look, I've always said the one thing that's great about baseball, and I've always said baseball is my favorite sport, even though the Eagles are my favorite team. Like, baseball is my favorite sport because baseball game, a good game, tells a story, Mm -hmm. and that's the best part about baseball. I know it's slow. I know it doesn't play well to the kids, but there's just nothing like being at a baseball game when it goes to, you know, when the dramatics hit. Yes, that's exactly right, Garrett. It builds to a story. It builds to a story to a crescendo at the end that can always be fantastic. And you have to hang on every pitch because anything can happen. One swing of the bat can change the game. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, you're exactly right. It's it's some of the best dramatics that that you can have in a sport. Like, I would say that Bryce Harper Grand Slam is better than
0: a last-second shot three-pointer. I would say... That's yeah, it. because you you, you also <laughs> had to build to the grand slam, right? Like, guy had to get on first, guy had to get on second, guy had to get on third. Like, you're you're seeing Hoskins all the strikes out, and he looks terrible, makes right. an error. Like, ugh. it's all developing right in front of you. And the best part about baseball is it's an individual team sport, right? So, like, you you the batter out up there individually. You know, fighting to keep your team alive, but like you have to pick each other up, and like I have to tell you, and you know, but this is my first year coming back and playing softball. Like just getting to play again, the boys you get juiced up. You're down a run or two, and you're going into the bottom of the inning. Like, hey, let's 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 have an inning here. It just there's just something about baseball. And again, let's just use the quote: How can you not be romantic about baseball? There's just something about it. Yeah. I know we skew heavy
1: on Eagles, some Sixers, probably less on Phillies and whatnot, but it's early, man. Like everything I've read, I've seen, I've heard about Rob Thompson, I like, man. Twenty-eight <clears> years <throat> in the league. Not many coaches can say they've made it through two firings of, of managers and whatnot. If you're if you're slightly invested in the Phillies or not invested at all, turn on the game. I promise you, these guys can be fun and they will be fun if they continue to win and continue to just launch, launch home run balls. And listen, if we're seven games you know, behind seven games or less
0: behind the Mets in September, anything is possible. You're not wrong. All right. So guys, we have a really cool interview this week with who we're calling Joe, the usher, a former usher at CBP. He's going to talk you through the glory days of dollar dog night and the Philadelphia Phillies in the early two thousands. Let's kick it over to Joe.
1: All right. We have on a very special guest, a former usher in the, let's call it the heyday. Oh, citizens bank park from 2005 to 2011 we have a alias he would not like to be known as his real name uh, we will be calling him joey usher joe usher joe joe mama whatever um we gotta we gotta vet you first so the people at home the listeners know that you're actually a real usher so i gotta ask you like what wh- did you work at the stadium and what section did you did you work it most in
2: yeah, so I, I was there from, uh, maybe this will give me away a little bit, but whatever. Uh, I was there starting uh, the 2005 season through the 2011 season and then the 2011 Winter Classic festivities. That was my last uh, kind of a, event as an employee there.
1: Yeah, what section, what level? You don't have to make like mm-hmm. a, a, a known section. but
2: So the way they had it work, and I'm not sure how it is now, but the way it was when I was there was re rotated every 10 games. Hmm. um they called it random it wasn't random it was uh we're gonna put the people we like where we want them and then we're just gonna fill in everybody else everywhere else so um in a lot the, of 400 uh, level for you then Four yeah so 400 <laughs> level from like you know 428 to 434 and then 301 to like 310 those were like the if they didn't like you they put you up there
1: gotcha. okay and that's where you resided a lot
2: uh in the early days yes okay
1: yeah. all right gary do you think
0: he's vetted Oh yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty in-depth analysis of CBP right there. that's all I (laughs) needed. That's all I needed. (laughs) Um, All right, so I don't know how much
1: you know about me. I don't know how much you know about Gary or the podcast, but you know, I left. I led a crusade to bring back Dollar Dog Night. uh, Called Senator Casey's office. They only had two on the schedule. They were done by May. It was supposed to be a good team. They're turning around right now. Uh, I was kind of pissed off that they they didn't um, have more Dollar Dogs uh, nights. So obviously they put one on yesterday, September twenty-first. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your kind of take on, you know, what is a dollar dog night like, like compared to normal nights at the ballpark, how do you guys prepare differently? What are your thoughts? You know, when you have, you know, a Monday and then damn, you're looking at that calendar and you're like, shit, Wednesday's dollar dog. night.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I want to say that maybe the reason you're only getting $2 dog nights these days is because of what happened back, uh, you know, back in the, uh, in the heyday, as you call okay. it. Um, it was a circus in there. And, and, and a big part of that to me was the first few years of the ballpark. Um, and this may even go back. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm not sure where you guys fall age range, but if you remember Same age range, okay. Back at the vet, they used to have college night. Yep. And it was its own thing. And of course you're playing baseball, you know, in a 68,000 seat stadium, mostly empty. You need to get bodies in the ballpark. So you used to have cheap tickets for college students. Well, when the new ballpark opened, somebody had the genius idea of combining the two dollar dog night and college night. Yikes. And and what happened was it kind of took on a life of its own. So if you take yourself back to like 2005, six, you really get the emergence of like Facebook and social media. So what people started to do and a lot of my friends would do it is, you know, there would be Facebook events for, you know, tailgate. Come tailgate, college mm-hmm. night, dollar dog night. We'll get all messed up in the parking lot. Then we'll go inside, buy hot dogs for a dollar and, uh, you know it'll be a big party. And it's pretty much what it was.
1: So that, so if I told you dollar dog night now, and you're still working at the same, I don't know if you have any buddies that still work there. Like am I persona non grata for bringing it back. Like, do you guys hate dollar dog night, whether it's college kids, whether it's no college
2: kids, is it always just a circus? Uh, from what I understand, it's not anymore. Um, I mean, it really took on a life of its own back then, but now it's just, it's just, a, it's a different vibe around everything overall. Like the ballpark isn't really the place to be anymore. And this, you know, I mean, 2006, that's really before the team went on that run. Um, so it was kind of coming into its own as like a, as like a hot spot to hang out. It was new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hey, we're going to have this big tailgate. We're going to go inside. We're going to eat dollar dogs. It was, it was more of a thing back then where it's, as now, I don't think it really has that party vibe to it that it used to you were working in
0: in in probably the height of the last twenty years of the Mets Phillies rivalry too. From that time frame that you were in there, from 6 six, let's say through two thousand eleven, both teams were pretty competitive. Were those games a little bit more heightened for you a Mets Phillies game?
2: Oh, absolutely. That was it. Was dollar dog night, and then Mets games, and those were the two that everybody had circled on the calendar. Um, you know, we used to have the occasional briefing in the break room when we would come in. Uh, our management would kind of gather everybody for a quick five, 10 10 minute meeting and just say, Hey, just a reminder, you know, we're zero tolerance as it is, but tonight, especially if there's any type of instigation that you feel might be happening, you know, remove people, just remove them from the situation. And um, you know, so yeah, I would say it was definitely heightened for, for Mets games as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you were there during the peak the 2008 and obviously 2009 world series. Like what's your, What's your favorite memory or favorite story from there? It's like, you you, like, you still tell your buddies to this day about dollar dog nights or just about anything. I want the best story you got.
2: Um, oh gosh. I mean, we used to have, (laughs) we used to have employee parties, uh, once, once a month uh, following a Friday night game. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the media side, the media entrance of, of citizens bank park, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, there's like a big white tent over there. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure if they still do this. I doubt it. Um, but they would wheel out, uh, like just tubs of beer, like leftover beer from the game and whatever cheese steaks, burgers, hot dogs, you name it, that they had like our mark had that they didn't sell. They bring out in like like little warming devices and they put them out. It was like 10 bucks a head. And we would get out there after the game. And we would sit. I mean, I slept in my car almost every time <laughs> we would have, you know, it'd be a Friday night. We'd have like a one o'clock Saturday game. I'd be rolling out, you know, my passenger seat at like 9 a.m. Like, shit, I got to get home, and get a shower and then come back. Um, those were a great time. A lot of, a lot of stories from those. Some I could tell here, some I couldn't, but, um, I would say that for me, that was the height of, of working there. Uh, those parties.
1: What's your favorite dollar dog story?
2: Dollar dog story. So there's two of those, All right. Like uh, this. separate dollar dog nights. One was my first year. One was my second year. So first year, um, you know, I'm working, I think it was section three hundred four. one of the upper right field, uh, Sections and uh, we got a half hour break. We were, uh, as um, ushers were a union, so yeah. um, uh, you know, they were mandatory half hour break. They in those days they had two ushers to a section. So if I was working, you know, my partner were going break from like eight o'clock to 8.30, he would come back 8.30 to nine, 9 o'clock would be my break. So he's on his break, um, uh, or he's getting ready to leave for his break, and it's just you could tell it's start something's starting to boil over. There's two groups of young kids. They're kind of jawing with each other. And I'm like, listen, we should probably get some security up here just to stand here, give a presence that way, you know, in case anything is going to happen, nip it right in the bud. He's like, I don't know. I, don't th- I think they're all right. And this guy had been working there forever. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, and this is my first year. This is like one of my first homestands working there. So he kind of poo and I'm like, okay. So sure as shit, he leaves. And five minutes later, Kid throws a hot dog, and I see it, too. He just launches a hot dog and hits this girl in the back of the it head. It was, it was
1: only a dollar that night. It was a $5 hot dog. It, was, it would have cares? probably not been launched.
2: Yeah, who cares? It's a dollar. So it's you know it's ammo at that point. So he drills a girl in the head, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding. So, <laughs> so the following year, let me jump ahead real quick. The following year, they used to hand it out, pagers to the usher. that had four buttons on them. One would call medical one would call security, one would call a supervisor, and then one would call like cleanup. So before that, so the story I'm talking about, we had yellow cards. Like we would stand there like a soccer ref and and they would tell us, if there's an incident in your section, hold up a yellow card <laughs> and, and security will be there. So I run up to this girl. She's sitting there. She's like, you know, who the fuck threw that hot dog at me? And I'm sitting there trying to talk to her. I get this yellow card over my head and people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, He's just warning the fans. I'm just there's a yellow card. I'm like, I'm like, if it's a red card, you get ejected. No, um, <laughs> so you know, I'm waiting. I'm like, whatever. So my partner comes back, and I'm like, boy, well, you're not gonna believe what happened. I said, you leave, and this turns into like a powder keg, and there's you know, there's people, there's yelling, all kinds of stuff. He's like, it's under control, but like, yeah, security, they, they're up here, they got it. I'm like, good. So I leave on my break. I go to the break room. I come back and I turn like the corner to where I can come out of the concourse and kind of see my section from a distance. And all I see is silver wrappers just flying around my section, like mini UFOs being passed back. I'm like, it's, it's a war. It's a food fight in section three Oh four. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So whatever no he did, I did, did not, by the time I got there, security had guys they were taking them out. Okay. All I could see from a distance was silver hot dog wrappers with hot dogs in them just flying about. I'm like, well, this is a problem. So, you know, I get over there, they're removing people and they eventually kicked out almost the entire section. But, uh,
1: did the, did the yellow cards, how fast did they go away after that incident?
2: Uh, that was the last year of them. <laughs> So we uh, yeah. we would have this big orientation meeting at the beginning of the year with like our higher-ups and everything, and they would be like, we go to ballparks around the league, and we come back with the best ideas. And We got this innovative idea to stop fights this year, and they pull out the fucking yellow card, and I almost, <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, these are Philly fans. Gonna this small piece that.
0: of yellow paper is going to yeah. stop these fights. I Can wish I still imagine?
2: had it. Could you imagine putting that
1: up at the vet, just being like,
0: "No, stop
1: yeah, it! Stop I got the yellow it, yeah. card. I
0: got the yellow card." Yeah, let's go. Let's talk a little bit about 2008. How many of those games did you work? Did you get to work every game that year? I did. Yes. And every playoff game. Yeah. Do you think I, I, a lot of people will debate this? That you know, the 2008 um, World Series was actually more fun than the 2017 World Series. How would you compare? I mean, I'm sorry, the 2017 Super Bowl. How would you compare and contrast? between the two because it, it did end the championship drought but we also know the Eagles are the Eagles so what would you say yeah. the reaction of the city was like
2: um <clears throat> i think football compared to the other three sports when you talk about a playoff run i mean it's baseball it's every day hockey right. basketball it's every other night you're really just you're kind of just you get swept up in it the eagles played what two games and then they were in the super bowl like it's just right. it's not to disparage it's just different and it's um, not at home like you
0: it, world yeah. series games were being played in philadelphia
2: Right, so you know, there, there's that buzz around the city. Not that there was a lack of buzz from the Super Bowl, but I just think a good playoff run in the other sports—it's just to me, it's more fun because you get it every day or every other day.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I think that was—I lived in—I lived in Boston when they went on two uh, World Series runs, and it's—it's—it's it's, 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 the city. Like you said there's literally a buzz about the city, and it's the best.
2: Yeah, you wake up every day waiting for the game that night. It's—it's it's nothing like it. Were people more well behaved in the World Series? Yeah, so the, the playoff crowds, I would say, were a lot more civil uh, for a number of reasons. One, you're paying a lot of money for those tickets, so you're not trying mm-hmm. to get thrown out of there. Um, and I think, you know, let's face it, regular season baseball is not the most exciting thing on its own to watch. So you kind of, you need that sideshow a little bit for some people anyway. Um, whereas playoffs, you're hanging on every pitch, you're into the game, you're not really screwing around too much with you know throwing hot dogs at people. Can you remember a different giveaway,
0: not dollar dog night? That was, that was a big ticket item.
2: Like a promotion or type of, yeah, um, like, a,
0: like a promotion or one of the fireworks like, you know, first 10,000
2: fans. Yeah. Fireworks nights were always a lot of fun, but that's more of a family okay. atmosphere. I'll tell you, it's, you'll laugh at this one. Um, business person specials in like May and June. Mm-hmm. So this is a good one. Um, there was uh, a bunch of kids. I mean, this, you want to talk about the height of stupidity? There were a bunch of kids walking around. It was, a, I think it was like a early June, wearing t shirts that said Senior Cut Day, like 2006. So they were advertising the fact that they were either 17 or 18 years old walking around with beers in the yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. So security just went up to them and they're like, You guys got IDs on you? And they were like, uh, uh, Yeah. You know, threw them out. I'm like, That's right. bold strategy.
1: Definitely kind of just a huge oxymoron. You dimed yourself out there.
2: Yeah, you're giving yourself up, you know, no problem.
1: Um. So I, I have a pet peeve about ushers. Okay. I appreciate you guys, but I do have a pet peeve. Do, do you have a pet peeve before I give mine, like a, 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 of us, of fans?
2: Um. Look, as a fan, just stay out of the way. Just enjoy the game. Because As an usher, I don't want to give you a hard time. I don't want to give anybody a hard time. Listen, I, I want to watch the game, too. Yeah. So how much time
1: How much time do you think you guys get to watch the game?
2: Pretty much all of it.
1: Wow, that's a Pretty big Pretty much kid.
2: all of it. Because, you know, it's, not, it's baseball. Again, there's not a lot going on between pitches and whatnot. So, um, yeah, we get to watch most of the game.
1: So just stay out of the way is your pet peeve?
2: Just stay out of the way. Just, you know, act normal. You know, yeah. the first two F-bombs, I'll let them go after that. Dad starts complaining. His young son's next to him. Then I got to say something, and it's like, it's come on, man.
1: You know? And, and my, my pet peeve is I have a beer in one hand. I have food in the other hand. And now that all the tickets are on my cell phone, right? you're asking me for tickets. I know it's your job, but sometimes it's like the second, third inning. I've already been there. Lady, guy, still asking me for t- for my ticket. And now I have to shimmy or put my hot dog on the ground. Right. There's never space at those little silver never trays space. at the top. Yep. There never is space. That's my pet peeve. If the ushers could just, you know, if you could just maybe let me go down, if I look like I'm aimlessly walking around, like I don't have a seat, then come kick my ass back up and ask (laughs) you for a ticket.
2: (laughs) That's what I would do. I would try and make a mental note early. If Mm -hmm. I've seen, have I seen this person before? Yes. Go ahead. They're like, you need to check every ticket every time. Well, that's not realistic. Yeah, you're That's probably true.
1: great at like giving ocular pat downs to people like you probably like you meet like, <laughs> I don't know if you have kids or anything, but you meet like your daughter's boyfriend. You're like, I'm going to know if I like this guy in, in five or 10 seconds.
2: Oh, I judge people immediately. I still don't <laughs> I judge people. I'm like, I'll look at somebody and be like, you know, what? this guy looks like a real asshole. Yeah, He's this guy's going like to out
0: of the 300 level.
2: And guess what? He's a real asshole and he got himself in trouble. So I was right. <laughs> Let
0: me ask you this question. I've been to a, a, a rain out game where there's a rain delay. The stadium empties out. No one comes back. And I'm sitting there with my buddy, and I'm like, "Look, there's no one here. We can go sit wherever we want." So we obviously go up to the Harry the K overhang deck, and I'm like, "Let's go sit in the front row." No one in this stadium. This usher must have had a stick up her ass; would not let us in without a ticket. Yeah, Wait, is that like <laughs> a thing? Head, like you yeah. just you
2: just can't you can't let them in. So I would let them in, and I yeah. and, and what in my life of living hell is when I would work with somebody who was like the hardo. Yeah, like know?
0: what what are we doing here? If there's nobody there, if there's. 600 people left in the stadium. Just let me sit where I want to sit.
2: Right. If, and that, and that's the thing. Like, you know, another thing they were really they they harped on with us is create a memorable, memorable experience that these people want to come back. You know what? If you want to if you're not going to cause any problems, you want to sit down in the front row of the Harry the K section at the end of the night. and There's nobody there. Do it. Just don't act like an asshole. Just do it. And I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Nobody. Everybody's happy. You know, it's like yeah. a reward for for staying the whole rain delay. Yeah, and that was my—that's yeah. the mentality I always had towards it.
0: It was an all-time rain delay too. It was the one where the kid ran out on the field, slid across the the truck oh, yeah. and, and then hid in the tube. Yeah, it was always an play. all-time <laughs> move out of him. <laughs> I have another question for you. How quickly do they teach you that, like, the ball in play rule? I feel like some ushers just like don't pay attention, and they just let people walk down on all they want. If the ball's in play, you're not entering the section. I'm sick. I I hate when I'm there and I'm getting up and down for the same person 45 times in the middle of the third inning. Right. So can we just wait till the ball's not in play?
2: Yeah, so so the challenge that I had is the year I, yeah, the year I started, 2005, that was the first year that they put that rule in at Citizens oh. Bank. So I, not only were people pissed off about it, they also didn't know because they were used to just coming and going. It's not like a Flyers game where you can say, okay, the whistle is blown, the puck's out of play, go. It's right. like you know if they're you know they won't let you down in the middle of an at bat. So if you got a guy up there working like a fifteen pitch at bat, the guy's standing there with eighteen buckets of popcorn and his kids are braiding his balls and he's like giving you that look, and you're like, God, Jesus Christ, just strike out or something. Yeah, you know. Hey, they've
1: they've like a bunch of TVs though around there now. Now you can watch. You know, you're on a seven second delay, but now you can watch. Like the, uh, I did right. it the yeah. other day.
0: The like, seven yeah. second delay is the greatest thing for the in game experience, though, because if you're mm-hmm. grabbing a beer and the crowd goes nuts, you're like, "All right, I'll catch this in seven seconds." Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Yeah, unless you see it up on the on the concourse. Yeah. Is there any stand or any food vendor that
1: you wouldn't go back to for the ballpark because you know how, let's say, the sausage is made?
2: <laughs> um, you know, we had we had an employee break room, where they actually had pretty good meals before. Us. It was like five bucks a plate. Um, so I didn't eat, spend too much time eating ballpark food when I was there. Uh, I would occasionally grab a schmitter. I still love mm-hmm. schmitters. Uh What's no, on a
0: schmitter. I feel like I need to try a schmitter. So
2: schmitter is what the hell was it? It was like a it was like a Kaiser bun with like a, I guess some kind of it was like a cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. But there was like onions, There was some like a thousand island dressing, a tomato, or some other uh, stuff, a like salami yeah. maybe. I dropped the really a
0: thousand island dressing.
2: Um yeah, they were pretty good. But um yeah, I didn't really eat too too much ballpark food because they charge yeah. us full price for that too, you know. Damn.
1: You ever hear yeah. any like mm-hmm. stories like, hey, don't go to, you know, I, there's a brewery town or there's like a uh, uh, the Shake Shack or the Manco and yeah. Mancos or whatever.
2: So this might kind of fly in the face of the whole thing you're doing right now, but I'm not a big hot dog guy. No, I don't well, blame
1: fair. you. I mean, there were seven tons of hot dog throw that dumped out on yeah. the uh, highway that we know how the sausage is made.
2: Each yeah, one there's, takes there's,
0: 30 seconds off your life. It's yeah. not
2: an appetizing thing, but I, I was. Yeah, I, just, I always kind of stayed away from the hot dogs. One thing that they did, that they don't do anymore. Is I'm not sure if you're from, you know the Hatfield Grill. I don't know if they still have them, where they make the sausage right in front of you. Yeah. So they used they to make like the they used to make the footlong hot dog right on the grill in front of you. Mm-hmm. And on dollar dog nights, those were still a dollar. Oh, and little people hack! People didn't know. People did not know.
1: People didn't know. Ooh, didn't that's know. actually that's awesome. That's a hack. I wonder if I wonder if they still do the do they still do the footlong?
2: I, I I'm not sure if they do. All and right. if they do, I don't know if they're still a dollar.
0: That's my other question, though. If you're going to get a dollar foot long hot dog, why would I? I'd rather just have I'd rather pay two dollars for two hot dogs. at That why log's a lot of work.
2: Yeah, but it's fresh. <laughs> it's, it's also fresh. gives ah, it also gives fresh. you
0: it also gives you more time to get memed. It, that's <laughs> true. It, it, like, it gives you a lot more time to get memed. Like You know, when you are like a you're any type of public figure, the first thing they tell you in like PR classes, don't eat hot dogs in public because someone will just meme you.
2: Yeah, you get mean to death and you're done at that point. Right. There's no recovering from that. That that
0: hot dog will become a dick at some point.
2: Uh, but it, sooner rather than later.
0: Like I, Kyle has enough hot dog videos out there where I could Photoshop him just eating dick.
2: Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. You, know, you win some, you lose some, right? Exactly. Yeah. Were you there when the guy got tased? I was, and I was. You know, it's, I was actually on the Harry the Case deck that night. It happened right in front of me.
1: Oh, so you had a great I shot. At great
2: view, looking right down at it.
1: What, is there anything like that they talk to you guys about? Like, I feel like that got such national attention that I feel like there had to be a meeting or two being like, hey, listen, we're not tasing anymore.
0: I know you don't have a taser, but damn.
2: It was brought up. I <laughs> as you thought might,
0: the taser was pretty mo- really tame. I mean, the I guy could, couldn't, they couldn't catch him, so they took him down.
2: I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could still hear the thing clicking right, right in front of me. <laughs> and I turned to the guy next to me, I'm like, was that a fucking, t- does that even use a taser in this kid? Meanwhile, the kid looks like a fish out of water on the ground, shaking around. Um. Yeah, I was right in front of me that night. I yeah, was, it wasn't
1: really family friendly.
2: No, no, but you know they got the kid though. So learned a in, lesson can't that, that night. I think right?
0: every kid there lived a, learned a valuable lesson that night.
2: Yeah, don't run your ass on the field. Were you ever in a section where you had a jumper? Someone who got on the field? Uh, I, I off the top of my head, no. Um, but again, I wasn't. They weren't really putting me on the first level. All too That's much. Fair. <laughs> yeah, those <it was laughs> so, bastards. I mean, occasionally, but you know, no, nah, not really too often. Didn't
1: that I feel like you got caught up to the big leagues when they put you on the first level?
2: Yeah, so they had me. It was crazy. Uh, I don't know if you remember. There was a night. It was a Sunday night baseball game. They were playing the Giants. Bonds was going after the record, like the all-time record. And remember, the, the, the I'm sure you guys remember the visual. All the people left field with the asterisks on the paper. Yeah, yes, yep. it was that night. Like the uh, Ruth did it on hot dogs. Yeah, Aaron did it with class that night. So they had me patrolling right field in case he hit a home run to like help pull the person who caught the ball out of the pile.
0: Yeah, that's like, interesting.
2: Yeah. So that was my, and he didn't, and he ended up hitting it to like the third deck. I'm like, what do you need me on the 100 level oh, for? Oh, damn. So yeah. you know,
1: that's actually funny because I was at a game and Gene Segura hit his 100th home run and he obviously wanted the ball back. So the usher comes down, a, a kid who was like, he, he couldn't have been more than nine years old. He got the ball. And he refused to give it back to Gene Segura. It was actually kind of an all-time move by the kid, and his dad yeah. didn't want him to give it back either. I don't know if they thought they what they were going to get for it and everything. What's that? Leverage. Have you had to? Have you ever had to do that?
2: To what, like negotiate on behalf yeah. of the player? Yeah. No. So with 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 milestone home runs, like you know, first home runs, you know, hundredth, whatever, um, they would always try and get the person to go to guest services, mm-hmm. and then guest services through like a team. I don't know if it was like a team rep or like a, just like an equipment guy would kind of try and negotiate. I mean, if it were me, I'd want like, maybe a, just a, get, get me a signed Jersey or something or, up yeah. something. And then I'm not going to play hardball with you. It's your, like, I don't want Gene Segura's hundredth arm run ball. What the hell does that mean to me? No, I get,
0: get 50 bucks for it on eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, And, and uh, the kid actually, the exactly. funny thing was,
1: in the eighth inning, he actually went back to the usher and was like, "I'm ready to give it in now." So, like, what, <laughs> yeah. like, what's in the, what's like the when they walked you guys through that? Was it like, all right, like, was there ever like, you, and I know you didn't have to do it, but was there ever like, hey, listen, we don't go higher than one jersey or one bat? Is there like a name <laughs> uh-huh. used jersey and yeah. cleats? We it's can't. Like, that's it. it. You know, I, it.
2: I would. I I believe it's up to the player himself. Oh. Because the player's going to be the one, you know, how bad do you want the ball? I'll give you – because these guys, you know, Bryce Harper, if he hits a milestone, he can give you, you know, 50 Bryce Harper jerseys signed if he wanted to. It's going to yeah. cost him
0: pocket well, that, change. That's my other thing. It's like if I – if he's yeah. like – what uh, Bryce Harper hits, let's say, it's just 300 – let's say it's four hundred home runs in Philly. I have the ball. And he's like, hey, what do you want? What Can I just be like, I want 50 grand?
2: He could. He could also tell you no okay but he's not know. getting the ball yeah yeah i mean look if that's your price it's your yeah. ball Ooh, You 50 it. grand yeah you caught like it. it's your ball
0: he, he has to it. negotiate right he would be like no, i'll give you 25 i'd probably say yes
2: yeah right if he's if he's up <laughs> if he's up for the negotiation then yeah might as well
0: right the guy has so much money in the world give me let me let the beak here pal <laughs> what's it what's it like to work for citizens bank
1: park like do you like did you enjoy it
2: oh it was some of the most fun years of my life yes. i mean you know, I was 19 years old when I started, right? Oh. So I'm, it's like a college part-time job. I mean, those are the best years anyway. And you combine it with the fact that you're at the ballpark every night. Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching a good baseball team, mm-hmm. you know, and then once you get to year three, then you start making the playoffs. The place is packed every night. I mean, it was an event. Every night felt like a, a, a big game.
1: Were there, like, place. secret perks that, like, no one would, like, think there would be? Besides, like, obviously the beers and stuff and the food. So we would
2: uh, – so we would have access to giveaways, right? Oh. Like the state, like the giveaways, we could buy them. It was like five uh, bucks. Nah. It was never a lot. They were never in like oh, a okay. but yeah. whatever giveaway they had, they'd open they had a little, like a little store in our break room that we could buy them, you know, huh. after the date, you know, of the giveaway.
0: Now, were you ever lucky to get like a cool player interaction with anybody?
2: Yeah. So I, um, in my later years, once they really started to trust me, they actually had me uh, on select nights walk that would go out to like the uh the tunnel i guess it's in right field kind of where that wiffle ball field is now mm-hmm. yes and i would and i would meet the group out there that was singing that night's national anthem so there were a few nights that you know i'd be down in the tunnel and players would walk by and just, you know hey how you doing um ran into uh leslie goodell down there a decent amount when she was covering her team she is awesome one of the nicest people you'll ever meet um so a lot of interaction with her she's very cool um but yeah there's some player interaction also
1: Give me one asshole. Give me one good guy that everyone talks about, that everyone knows about in
2: terms of not quiet. everyone
1: in terms of like, yeah, in terms of like inner, inner, maybe not inner secret, but give me one asshole. Give me one good guy that the, you know, it's a talk around the ballpark. Like, yeah, he's probably not going to give you the time of
2: day. Uh, Jimmy Rollins was awesome. Huh? I'll never say he's a good. bad word about that guy. He was awesome. Uh, there were nights he'd come by, he'd talk with the groups for a couple minutes. Um, Personally, I never really had a, a, a bad interaction with any of the players, so I don't want to, you know, put anybody's name out there. Just say yeah. Eric
0: Brunlund, we'll move on. <laughs> Everyone forgets about him anyway.
2: I heard, um, I heard that on on the night of his starts that uh, Brett Myers was not the most pleasant person to be around. But again, yes, I never, yeah, it's fair. I never experienced that Just personally. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Gary, you got anything else? You actually let me ask you this question. Your your top three memorable games when you were there, because you were there for a great stretch, and I imagine the World Series is in there. So let's remove that. But the other three your other three favorite games.
2: Um, so you know what? Even if you included that, that wouldn't be my number one. Okay, huge. The number one for me is easy. It's the Rollins walk-off against Broxton because mm. that went from like shit, we're gonna lose this game, we're gonna be two two to all of a sudden, just mayhem, people piling on each other. I jumped on a pile of fans to, like, oh, hug them. Oh, there you go. Like, I'm That's running awesome. around. I look like Jim Valvano after they won the <laughs> NCAA. looking for somebody to hug. You know, because I'm out of Somebody hug myself. this usher. Yeah, I'm like, somebody hug. Like, <laughs> Someone give this guy up, a hug. Just, yeah. <laughs> so that was number one. Um, the What's-His-Name night was really cool, even though it's the game itself. It wasn't the uh, the night that they killed Bin Laden. Oh, I was going to And that oh, kind of yeah, question. That was a Sunday night game. That well, was a what lot of do you remember? You gotta give us a story from there. I was like, at that game. Yeah, I was working. That was everybody up. else though. So yeah, I was working up on my usual perch, like section three oh five up in, you know, nondescript land and uh, the USA started- chance
1: must have been radiating for the drunks up there.
2: Oh, they were lo- they were they were loving it the most, you know. But this was what year was that? Two that was that 2009? 2010. Uh, or 2011, no, I think it was, it was 2011. So I don't think it was 10 or Twitter 11. really Twitter wasn't really like a it was newer. It was, was newer. it was newer. It was just right? getting big. Yeah, because yeah. the rock say, broke
0: the news on. Twitter. Yeah. I, I yeah. actually want to say it was the summer of two thousand. No, I think May. it was. It was in May, so it was two thousand eleven. Then it had to be.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was um, that was pretty special. And then I think the uh, the second game against the Brewers and Victorino, it's the Grand Slam. Mm. That to me made that. Play, that felt different to me. Like I've lived through a lot of Philly heartbreak in my, as we all have, right. When he hit that grand slam, that really felt, I've never felt like that in my life. I it felt like it just felt like they were meant to, to do that that year. And yeah. that's really what kind of kickstarted it for me.
0: Interesting. I, I thought you were going to have the Kevin Millwood, no hitter in there. somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> Or Aaron well, Rowan running time. his face into the fence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
1: Joey Usher, I hope, uh, I hope everyone listening out there. Can now put a voice, not really a face, to an usher, and just know that ushers are people too, just like you, me, and Gary. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, man.
2: Anytime, guys.
0: Enjoyed it. Absolutely hard hitting stuff from Joe there. <laughs> great walk great time walking down memory lanes.
1: Favorite part yeah. of the interview.
0: Um, I don't know, it happened like a half hour ago at this point in my memory. Yeah, it's true. You know, when he was rattling off his favorite his favorite moments at the end, and I know this is you know, if anyone's doing the math, that was the last thing we talked about during the interview. But him not having like any of like there's a specific game, like specific moments just means how much it meant to him at the time. But let's transition to your team, your town, your Philadelphia 76ers and the, the NBA draft. A lot of people are clamoring for me to continue to rank players based on their names. Everyone knows I'm the biggest NBA fan in the world. Biggest NBA fan in the world. I've watched over under zero seconds of this year's NBA. So let's rank some prospects.
1: All right. I got a couple for you. When, and, and for anyone who might be new to the pod, we're just ranking these off of off of names. Are they going to be a Hall of Famer? Are they going to be a sixth man defensive yeah. player of the year? We don't know. Only Gary knows Yeah, in that brain as I'm
0: saying it. Yeah, pass the test. You ready? Yep. Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels. Ooh, let me tell you something. He's going to be one of those gritty, maybe seventh man off the bench, plays defense. Think of a Markeith Morris, a Morris Twins type of guy. He'll get under your skin. Um, he's going to be a guy. He's a glue guy. You want on your team. That's that's what he is. All right.
1: Benedict Mathuram.
0: Bust. <laughs> he's going to be one of those white guys, guys sounding names. Yeah. No, it's not that it's just Benedict doesn't really play well. I expect you to be a British actor and, and doing Doctor Strange movies if your name is Benedict. But, you know, Benedict, I'm, I'm out on him. What if I just gave you like Benny Mathern? Benny Mathern's a better name then. So yeah. like so Benny Mathern's a white guy who hits threes in the corner. OK, he's black. OK. He's a black guy who hits he's, three he's in the corner. Hit three the corner. Yeah, fine. Johnny Juzang. pass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll come back to Johnny. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on no, John. Yeah, John. I don't think Johnny's gonna work out. He's one of those guys that you cut off your NBA 2K team right away to make room for somebody else.
1: Yeah, might not get drafted. He's mocked, you know, to the second round and whatnot. Great UCLA career, but yeah, all
0: right, Johnny Juzang. Sorry, man. Um, he's Hayden- he's that guy that when you when you go to play with the Bulls. And you look at your roster on 2K. He's like a 64 all the way at the bottom. and you just cut him. But right he's away. really good,
1: though. No, no, he will be the guy. I tell uh, you in, in 2K that you'd be like, if you only play 2K and you don't really watch the NBA. My buddies are like this all like the time. Early We're Clay like,
0: Thompson. Early Clay yeah. Thompson. They're like, yeah. this
1: guy is amazing.
0: But like, he's good on 2K. He's not good in like real life. There's yeah, Greg, there's a difference. Greg Ostertag, unreal in NBA Live.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaden Sharp.
0: See now. These alliteration names always make you think they're going to be much better. Shaden Sharp plays more to being a baseball player, so I'm going to say he has a middling career and then winds up being a shooting coach.
1: What about tight end?
0: Iowa. Think he's going to be a tight end? Shaden Sharp. I mean, that's a good tight end, yeah. But he just it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't, it's not a basketball name, Shaden Sharp. I mean, the Shaden Sharp shooter, I mean, that's a great nickname if he's out there being good, but kind of, what kind of position are we talking about on Shaden here? Uh, a
1: lot of people hating on him. Uh, because he hasn't really played, I think, in a year and a half. He's been pretty injured. But uh, he's supposed
0: to go top five or top okay, ten. Okay, then let me tell you something. I, let me revisit this. Philadelphia 76er. Okay. Played in a couple of years. Supposed to go high in the draft. Most likely be a bust. Boom. He's a sixer. So he might fall to 23. Yeah, he's a sixer. I like it. I like it. EJ Liddell
1: from the Ohio State University.
0: Yeah, bust. <laughs> bust. We'll just move on. Yeah, bust. <laughs>
1: no comment Jaylen, on that terrible Jalen
0: Dern. Jale anyone whose name Jalen seems to be good at professional sports. So I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to have a nice, you know, 10-15 year NBA career and he's just going to be a rotational guy. Cool. Maybe, guy. maybe maybe crack starting lineup at some point. Not going to be nothing probably never win a championship. Cool. Jabari Smith. He sounds like he'd be good, but now I can think of Jabari Parker, who I think fizzled out. He, he did, fizzled he a out a couple the NBA. ACL injuries.
1: Yeah. It was tough. Yeah, a tough career, buddy. What was his name?
0: Jabari Smith? hmm Too much of an average name for the NBA. He's got a five-year career ahead of him.
1: All right. Top five pick. We'll, we'll revisit this in five years. Okay. <laughs> uh, Iverson Molinar.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, with a name like that, unfortunately, your parents tried too hard, and his dad's finally... He, he got everything he wanted. He got you in the NBA. You, unfortunately, you're going to fizzle out as well, Iverson. <laughs> Last one. Colin Gillespie with two L's. Okay. Did he... Did he go to Villanova?
1: You did go to Villanova.
0: Okay, he, Philly. He's, it's a Philly school, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and say six-time NBA champion, Colin Gillespie, six-time NBA six-time champion. NBA champion. Yeah. All right. Shout Steve, out Steve and a Steve Kerr-like coaching career after. Oh
1: man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's going to be playing with one of the greatest players of all time. He's going to get some big shots in the playoffs. Might come off the bench a little bit. Him and John ja Morant. Career.
0: He's going to be the he's going to be the, the piece when John ja Morant goes on his eight-time eight-time run. Damn, you big John Marinka? You got lost? No, time? I just, I just picked a young guy that I know was good. Okay, not Zion. Yeah, I mean he's big. He's a big boy. He is a he's big boy. boy. Yeah,
1: he did. He, 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 he uh, threw down that three sixty dunk, and the hardwood literally like almost shattered below. Now hold on a
0: second. I'm pretty sure I read that that was like a rehabilitation course where it gives more. <laughs> I think, I think it's made of like there's something underneath it where it gives. I, I saw what these eyes saw. Let me tell you what. I'm a big boy. He's a big boy. I got you back on this one. That was a rehabilitation court. If you want to carry the water for Zion Williamson, you go
1: right ahead. But I saw what these eyes saw. Bring him to Philly. Anything
0: else for today's episode in general? Well, before we kick it over to Max. No, we'll kick it over. Let's we'll kick. You know, look, everyone knows big NBA draft guy. All those are probably 100% correct. Anyway, well, we if you aren't living under a rock because there's really not much going on, there is. Golf's making some interesting headlines right now, so we bring on our Saudi golf expert, right. Max Kleiner, on the Live Golf League and the future of the PGA. All right, this is our Saudi and Arabian golf correspondent,
1: Max. Yeah. <laughs> also, Gary's. You guys aren't blood related, right? Uh, no, no. Also, Gary's uh, brother-in-law. Um, if anyone has seen, and you probably have, it was the the headlines were everywhere today. It was a pretty slow news day. Besides the Live. Golf League. Saudi Arabian Golf League uh backed financially by the Public Investment Fund which is a Saudi Arabian fund that's 600 billion dollars in it. Um they're paying everyone. They offered Tiger uh north of nine nine figures, high nine figures. People are saying 600s, people are saying 800 million. He said no. Loyal Phil on the other hand, he got about 250, DJ got about 125 million. It starts Tomorrow Thursday Friday, starts Friday. Oh, because it's a three round yeah. tournament. Yeah, correct? it's only
0: fifty two holes. Fifty four. That's 54 holes. why it's live
1: because the uh, Roman numeral. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like I kind of want people. I think people kind of have a grasp of it, but they don't want to like go research something else because they're like thinking about the Sixers draft or thinking about the Eagles coming up yeah. and whatnot. The Phillies are doing what they want to do, but no one wants to like research something else. So like, can you kind of tell people? what this means for like the PGA tour and kind of what this means for golf. It's, it's,
3: well, put it this way. It's a competitive tour. That's obviously brand new. Um, and, and like you, you said, backed by, um, some polarizing (laughs) to say the least money. (laughs) Um, and so Greg Norman is the CEO. Um, Greg Norman's a pretty big figure in the golf world. Not so much in recent years, but, you know, back in the eighties and nineties was, was
1: the number one player in the world. Um, Great going out to dinner shirts that your father owns.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> you get hit home with the father-in-law there. He's a big Greg Norman shirt guy. Oh really? Yeah? <laughs> oh, <big laughs> oh yeah. Time. Yeah. Big time. Big time dry fit.
3: Greg yeah. Norman. polo. Did, guy. You're hanging out
0: with Kenny, he's wearing a, he's wearing a Greg Norman. Dad's rave about him. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they are. <I> mean, <laughs> it's got an all-time dude, logo. You find
1: oh, it oh the colorful shark. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. dude. You find one shirt that you like. Like I'm a big H&M guy right now. My girlfriend bought me an H&M shirt. I just bought a bunch of H&M yeah. shirts because they're ten dollars and they'll shrink. Ah, and I'll just buy, buy more H&M shirts. Yeah,
3: no H&M. You can't. I mean, they have kids stuff. Wait till you have kids. Yeah, uh, really can't beat the prices of their their baby clothes.
0: Yeah, so like what is like what to, to... Day for the child
1: rearing? <laughs> what is this gonna mean for like so, the future?
3: Yeah, so um I mean, it's hard to know, right? Because what they're basically saying is the current tour model is outdated, it's you know, whatever, boring or at least um redundant from week to week. It's uninteresting, there's too many events that are the same. And you know whatever for the fans. Let's all just things say, as a casual golf
1: guy. Sorry to cut you off. I agree with. I'm
3: a yeah, major.
0: I, I actually tend to agree with it a little bit too. I mean, like, yeah. I, there's I'm a not very watching the Byron Nelson Challenge. There. Like, and It's like, come on.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. For for the average, you know, either viewer or fan or whatever. Like, there's a lot to be said there. Um. So that's one thing. The the other thing is, I think, um, you know, probably more of a complex business issue which um has kind of bubbled up which is players um and phil mickelson has been pretty vocal about this one um not having essentially digital rights to to their own highlights their own Mm. videos i think there's like are we independent contractors are we employees of the tour like there's a whole thing there around just what they should feel. I think certain players feel they should own and have access to and be able to sell. I think, you know, NFTs are certainly like the most on topic area where they might be able to easily sell their highlights, mm-hmm. which they can't
1: right now. And these games will be broadcasted or these events, excuse me, will be broadcasted on YouTube. So you're kind of getting like a younger market in a way right there. It's on the lives
3: website, and Facebook and for the
1: olds, YouTube. you got to get to the olds and you <laughs> yeah, got the YouTube yeah. and
3: you got the youngs that so you're taking care of. Like nobody watches TV anyway. Um, yeah. um, uh, Yeah. So it's not, it's not being televised right now. So, you, you know, I, I, although I have to tell you, it's not like the tour is so easy to find outside of basically True. weekend. No, coverage. it's not. You, you can never, to be you can honest. never
0: find the early round coverage is the worst. Jump,
3: jumping through hoops to, to, to watch, to watch golf. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway so that that that's sort of where it's being televised now and I guess obviously time will tell how that plays out. Um but I think look there's obviously a couple of big I- ticket items, right? Which is I I think the people's biggest thing is the sports washing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that that is sort of like the clear um uh motivation, yeah, let's call it. And anyone that doesn't know what sports watching is, I actually have the definitions. The practice of an individual, group, corporation, or government using sport to improve their tarnished reputation.
3: Right. Bingo. There's been a lot of sort of human rights issues. The Jamal Khashoggi thing, let's call it, is they kicked is, out a reporter today at the press conference. <laughs> is front and center. They kicked out a report. You know. Um <laughs> that is where i think a lot of people have a problem with with this this whole situation is it is like you said it's it's there's a lot of sort of like whatever ethical and moral issues with just ha- like who who is funding this
0: but i'm sitting here and i'm reading the format of it being a team to a season with a championship like there's obviously a ton of potential here okay yeah. well okay so so there's that then you have the format
3: which i think like by and large, most people would be like, okay, like, if this wasn't being funded by these guys, like, all right, right, check it out. Like, who, you know, whatever, who, who wouldn't be down for like an interesting format, different stuff, switch it up. It's only at least now planned to be 14 per year. And great, cool. Let's try it out. Now, what, I, from my perspective, I think, I think the I I think the format is like whatever like a little lame <laughs> I think like they 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 have a first of all they're 54 whole events there's no cuts and there is a ton of money up for grabs mm-hmm. with all, you know as you noted several big names getting huge sums of money up front so like from a competitive standpoint it's pretty watered down they Are making bank basically no matter what and these tournaments at least at this point are sort of meaningless from a you know whatever history it's not a major you know what i mean like there's no history here it's like okay cool you won this event that is the first of its kind type thing um it's golf's version of the xfl (laughs) i think it was the usga ceo was talking and he sort of actually likened it to the usfl which was, his point was that you know look if you have a shit ton of money like you can prop one of these sort of new leagues up but can staying it
0: viable yeah
3: yeah keeping it viable keeping it around is kind
1: of the hard part so that's what i want to ask you like all they need is like like obviously tiger was their crown jewel if they could have got tiger they would have they would have gotten eyeballs on it. And Phil's a good draw, don't get me wrong. But Phil's also over; he's on the wrong side of fifty.
0: Um, you know, DJ does he really move the needle as much as Let he? Let me did? tell you something. DJ doesn't move the needle at all. If people say DJ yeah. is playing golf. I'm like, cool. I'll ch- yeah. tune in next week. But like,
1: how far away are they from like, you know these these getting these young guys getting a guy kind of out of college? You know how in high school right now um, they had that overtime elite where you can go play. At uh, overtime elite and get paid a hundred thousand dollars a year and whatnot, and and uh, you have to um, forfeit uh, your college eligibility. But you know you're playing basketball, you're monetizing yourself through marketing, through different uh, NIL stuff and everything. How long until they get like the next, you know, Bryson coming out of wherever Bryson went, or the next Justin Thomas or the next Rory? Because like they're even paying amateurs like a million dollars. you you telling me I don't have to go to the Corn Ferry tour and sleep in my car? I can go play a million. Uh, millions of dollars in, with the Saudis. Sorry. I mean, I kind of respect DJ for saying it being like, people are were like, Hey, why are you resigning? Why are you doing this? He's like, cause I'm, I'm setting my family up for multiple generations of wealth. So, yeah, I mean, they, <clears throat> I was listening to an interview with,
3: uh, Andy Ogletree, I think his name, uh, who won like the U S amateur in 2019 may or may not have won like some NCAA individual tournament. Like he's the guy coming out of college, um, and I guess as has since had like injuries just like hasn't worked out. And he was like, you know, I've basically been running around these mini tours paying whatever, like a thousand dollar entry mm-hmm. fees and, you know, hotels and flights to play these like, you know, crappy events that, you know, I have to win just to make some money, you know, like whatever, I'm paying like two grand to be there. and Maybe I'll win five grand if I win. Um, you know, so he's like, you know, For me, I basically don't have status anywhere. I have to do this just to maybe make a living. Like, it's kind of a no-brainer. These guys are basically giving me a spot, and I can play without a cut. And I, I think they said that the at least in this first event, the last place guy will get one hundred and twenty k. So,
1: like to your point, there's a there's like a
3: not a bad price
0: for fifty some holes.
1: And also, the winning team splits five million dollars. So, like
0: that's yeah,
1: right. There's
3: just like it's it's guaranteed money in golf, yeah. which is not a sport where there's guaranteed money. And for a lot of young players, like you said, like, I don't have to go slum it around these mini tours. That's that's a sell. I get it. I, I do. If out of all the players that like are going to be be a part of this, that's the group where I feel like myself and like most people I've sort of like read are like, OK. I get it. Like golf can be brutal at it's that level. easier.
0: It's an easier way to make a living playing golf.
3: Now, that being said right now, I don't believe you're getting um, official world golf points for live events. So in, in a, in a way you're not playing, if that makes sense, you're not like you're playing, but you're not getting status anywhere. So like if you were, if, if, if somebody wins, you know, whoever wins this tournament, if it's like a young kid, let's say, um, I don't think that gets them into anything.
0: No, it, it doesn't seem like it does. And it sounds like for them to, con- like, the guys who've already, like, left the PGA, like, they would have to come win tournaments to continue to get playing, mm-hmm. to continue to play in them. Yes,
3: they're exempted, like DJ is for the US right. Open. Yeah, Right. And so it was kind of interesting about that is, like, over time, if that continues to be the case, DJ's going to continue to, like, he's going to continue to lose status, and
0: he'll have his, like, you know, he's won the he, he has yeah. won of us open right he's won of us open he's won a masters so he can play in both of them every year well not the us open every year you know i don't believe you get
3: a lifetime masters you do yeah. i mean he has like he has got like he has like a good runway of like exemptions if they let him play which right now it doesn't sound like they will but he can play the majors and he'll play these live events and like to your point kyle like of all the people like he's kind of Always, I feel like he's just authentically DJ all the time, which Mm -hmm. is like, I'm kind of just gonna do what I want to do, and I don't really give a fuck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, that's more or less what he said here, which you know,
0: without saying it directly. of dollars on a smoke show, wife. Good for him. Yeah, Yeah, some guys just have it
1: all, right? Yeah, and they're gonna and they got the Gretzky lineage. They're probably gonna be like first round NHL draft picks too. What did you, uh, what you, what you think about some of the team names and some of the team logos right here? I mean, they just gave. They gave all that money away. Should have got some graphic designers and some naming rights. I mean, let me tell you something.
0: A smash. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If DJ, if uh, Bryson DeChambeau is not involved in this, he obviously designed the logos and the team names because it came up with a buffoon did these. (laughs) I saw he may be in the next event in in, classic. That would be awesome. Do you have Um, a team you're rooting for? I think I'm into the cliques. What the fuck is a clique? I don't don't know. know. Who runs the cliques? The cliques is ran by Martin Keimer. Okay, I'm at well, he's German. That
1: makes sense. Um, Dustin Yeah, that does. Yeah, probably have the same lineage. Um okay. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um it's
3: uh, the, the all of the the marketing the I mean, teenage, naming your team Smash dude, is
0: pretty brutal. Dude, it's been what an amateur, amateur punch. Punch amateur is bad art. too, and so is Torque. The I Fireballs, like,
1: are we giving it to Sergio Garcia? The Fireballs, probably the best one. Or the Crushers?
0: No. I, the Majestics? Like, what that's are we doing here? That's a stupid one.
1: That's Ian Pol- holter. The Ironheads from Kevin Na? Like, that's such a Kevin Na name. Stinger, I guess, is not terrible.
0: How long until Kevin Na just lectures somebody on the green <laughs> at one of these tournaments? That is true. It's
1: going to be the slowest tournament when Kevin yeah. Na's on there.
0: I mean, the, Hi- here's... Dude, these crushers and suck. high flyers are probably I think like, everyone sucks. Yeah. Like, all, I, let me tell you something. I don't want to watch Martin Keimer do anything.
3: No, you don't want to watch any of these guys do anything. And this who the is the fuck like for, is
0: Wade Ormsley Ormsby.
3: For, for these guys. It's like a it's like a retirement tour. You know what I mean? Like tour? it's it's like the Champions, <laughs> the Champions Tour, Champions but I don't tour. actually have to like play that much or practice or do anything because I'll just get paid. Well, wait, where's, what? where's Bernhard Langer?
0: Dude, that guy wants to play.
1: Yeah, get him
3: in. Bernie
0: Langer wants to play and win championships. Mm-hmm. He'll be playing All right, until he's ninety nine. I've come up with billion idea, billion dollar ideas on this podcast millions of times. The fact that I don't, I'm not a Russian oligarch at this point is concerning to me. But just get John Daly in this thing. Put a microphone and a camera on the entire time, and have a beer, cigarette, and Diet Coke counter. A there fat you go. Idea. I'll watch it every day. He'll be in Saudi jail
1: by the time. The don't 50 care. No,
0: passed. you just give him exemption and be like, look. You can play in bare feet, you can play with your son, you can have as much Miller Lite as you want, you could ride a golf cart. Boom. I'll watch every time. Just to hear if, him talk.
3: If they can't lure over real names, it this doesn't have I don't think this really has
0: And left. I don't think they're going to because I mean you know, Dust I mean uh, Justin Thomas has already come out against it. John Rahm's already come out against it. They all kind it only of takes one gear.
1: I know, but what do you, you guys know, think so much money? So
3: much money. What do you guys think about that? This is sort of like the like the back and forth I've been having. Like who would who
1: would
0: Gary, who would have to go for you to watch? Justin Thomas. I think Justin Thomas or John Rahm are the two guys that I think would really want to would really make the difference. But the problem is, and and you know, you can separate the PGA from this. The best part about Goffer is obviously the four tournaments each year and the Ryder Cup every other year. So, like, those are the five things that really move the needle for your casual golf fan. And then you can throw in the players as well. So there's six tournaments there that really move the needle for a golf fan. If those – that's I think the shame of it all would be is they can attract these people away from it and they devalue those tournaments. That's Mm. where I think it could be bad for golf. the same time, seeing golf in a little bit of a less stuffy, maybe more – you know, approachable way could be a good thing. I think the one thing that we learned from anything is if you watch 30 for 30, you can pick up some pretty smart things here. When they did that, this was the XFL or whatever it is. It only lasted so long, but some of the things that they came up with the NFL just had to adapt to. Mm -hmm. You already see with the Netflix show coming out about the golfers. Like they're trying to get these guys, you know, more in the public eye. The problem is these guys are all kind of just like, they're kind of not, polarizing people they're golfers right they're analytical thinkers they're out there playing a slow game they're trying to make golf cool which is hard even though golf is probably the most popular sport in the united states because it's probably played by the most people
1: you mean that marketing uh reward they gave them for being the most marketable when tiger just tweets one thing yeah. and he gets like a thousand yeah. retweets and wins yeah right i mean there. like
0: look it it sounds like the pj and and major league baseball need to go into a room with like a kid with an iphone and be like hey look at this this is how i see your stuff so can you put it on there for me Thanks. I think there's like I I guess like
3: you probably like a longer discussion, but like for me, I think when you go from being authentic to like manufacturing either like drama or manufacturing like excitement. Right. Is where I think it just crosses over to being lame. Like like,
0: there's never going to be like this live events never going to have. Like I'm not, there's, there could be a really cool ending, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, I can't wait till next year's live event in Los Angeles. No, you're I can't not. wait for it. Like, not like where I'm like, you know, the calendar turns to whatever month it is. I'm like, I know the Riviera is coming up. I really like that golf course. And I love this tournament. I'm going to watch it. You mm. know what I mean?
3: That's it. And, and look right now, it seems like they'll be able to get into the, at least the U S open. I'm sure, sh- I'm sure they'll be able to get into the open. I, PGA, they may be able to like say no. The Masters, I mean, Augusta's going to do what they want to do. They're not going to say no. The Masters can
0: do whatever they want.
3: Um, The players, them, they won't get into. But you know, I I don't know. I think it's interesting to like think about. Like, obviously, if all these guys cared about was money, they'd all be there right now, right? Because these guys are just writing checks. Like John Rom, boom, he'd be paid for the rest of his life. JT, boom more boom rory yeah. boom tiger obviously boom maybe rory but should like, go
0: because they can't win on tour either <laughs> yeah
3: but like i think there's like i don't know i just feel like you could be cynical and be like yeah whatever all these guys care about is money eventually the money will draw them over but i just i like i don't know maybe i could just be it could be just naive me being well, naive, good. i feel go like back. some of these guys like legitimately like I, you know, like John Rahm, I think, wants to win major tournaments. And I think he wants to, like, win legitimate golf competitions, not nonsense. And I They're think a lot it. of the bigger players are like that.
1: Going back to Gary's XFL point, like he's he's exactly right where like they could take a lot of this stuff from live. The only problem was the XFL wasn't. Was back by six hundred billion dollars, and that's the only thing. We're, or, or we're looking at this like big elephant in the room, and it's the biggest elephant you've ever fucking seen, like the Margate elephant. Like that's how big the elephant is. You're talking Lucy right now. I'm talking about Lucy right now. Okay, that's the Saudi Arabian elephant right now in the room.
0: Yeah, I, I think the I think the one thing the money is going to be definitely nice for them, but they don't have they just don't have the story and the history. That's the problem. They don't, but if, if if the PGA Tour and them can work together, and the casual fan like myself only
1: cares about the majors, that they might not get the Tigers, the Rorys, the Justins, all those guys, but they might get you know the next Billy Z or the next Colin Morikawa or the next Bryson DeChambeau coming out of college. Be like, hey, you want to see me dangle this five million, this ten million, this twenty million in front of you, or do you want to go play? You know, they don't really have to play on the Corn Ferry because I usually are exempt from that. But like, do you want to go play in the PGA and you know you might be able to eke out two hundred grand?
3: Would you ever watch, It's a, without trying to make a total double negative, would you ever watch, like, not the best players in the world
0: play? No, that's why no one watches the USFL. I mean, the USFL is going on. No one's
3: talking yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's, that's, like, a major hurdle, is, like, no one, like you said, like, I don't watch golf. You don't watch golf unless it's the majors. So, basically, you're saying, I'm only going to watch golf when it's literally the best players on the planet playing in the four most important events that exist. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. just such a big hurdle that live. Oh, actually, will never yeah, have need, because they, the they majors need to, are the majors.
0: Yeah, they need but, to be able to manufacture something that feels big. Something has to not,
3: feel big. You're not going to have the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is organic like their team, right. No one's going to care about their team
1: events. What so I'll I ask you hope? this. Do you think there the you PGA know. will be in trouble? Once Tiger kind of retires and like he's not Tiger anymore, which I as a casual guy, I think they will. And I think once again, going back to the big Saudi Arabian elephant in the room is they can wait out the PGA tour. They can wait out, you know, Tiger kind of getting older, you know, Rory's not winning anything. JT getting older and everything until it's like, all right, now they have the hottest young guns in. And I think this might just be a long play.
3: Oh, I'm sure it is. I mean, I don't know what their like business goals are. Like, I I would I, like oil I make. Money. I don't oil like well. Well, I, I'm saying money. like I don't think they're putting money into this for like an ROI. I think you know, I think they're doing it for other reasons. Um, which well, gives definitely them doing a
1: it for
3: an ROI. Maybe like if their goal is like a true ROI, then there is a short time horizon, right? Like you're not gonna like for the look at how like. Look at how much money they're doling out. Yeah. Well, oil is renewable. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like ROI on on this tour. No, I'm saying, right? oil is renewable, so they'll never run out of money. Uh, yes, fair. But they are like they have to make a lot of money on sell that to Elon Musk to turn an ROI, and that creates a time horizon, <laughs> which I don't yeah, know. This is like, a
1: 600 billion dollar fund that's just not going to run out anytime soon.
3: No, it's not. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, if they want to make money on this tour, that is a, whether their money runs out is irrelevant. If they're not just going to keep pouring that money into something that's like a sinking ship, unless they don't care about turning an ROI. Yeah, and
0: you, I, I, actually, I think, you
1: know I'm on the ROI part now. They're just sport. They're, what is it? What do we call it? Sport washing. they sports washing. This this is like. I mean, look, the EPL is this.
3: Like English Premier League is like not the done. perfect the perfect example right Save that it's shit all, for Man City it's own most of the teams are owned by you know Saudi Ron princes James. whatever oligarchs Chelsea hello like you know that's the blueprint I guess um and so like if you can wait it out but like people fucking love
1: soccer so like that's a money-making machine yeah.
3: I, yeah, I don't know. Listen, there's
0: definitely me a lot to digest.
1: You show me the first billionaire owner who's a good guy. I'll show you the first billionaire owner who's a good guy. Like, you know, at some point, you I know we can do right. all this hemming and hawing about, you know, Josh Harris might not be the greatest guy in the world, but we're still going to watch the Sixers. So. It's a point.
3: It is a very legitimate point. And I think you know that- that's probably where these guys are coming from, saying, like, you got all this stuff going on, and you're going to now draw the line at our, like, upstart golf tour. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I think that's probably what Greg, you know, whatever. I don't know. There's first a lot. of Well, a lot of people hate him. And mm. I think that
0: also, not of shirts. a shirt, not a shirts, And not that's, and shirts. now we're, now we're first full circle. The that's how work. you pull full circle. Next, right. We will be paying attention to live golf league. Yeah. I'll yeah, be watching. Watch Everyone's
3: going to peak. Everyone's going to peak. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And definitely. Then, I love like
0: the XFL. I watched the first two weeks and I was like, eh, not for me. Hang yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's exactly how it's going go. to go. It's just there's six hundred billion dollars behind it. Listen, yeah.
1: there will be a time in the summer I'll tune in to to live golf because there will be nothing on. Can you bet
0: are. on it? If you can bet on yes, it, I'll you probably be, yeah. You know, okay, sure then you there. Then, then here you go. There's half the. Bet. I don't know what
1: yeah. books, but I I feel like I saw. I saw a DraftKings article, so I'm guessing DraftKings will have it. We'll have there the you
0: go. And I'm sure Crossing Broad will have some kind of betting guide to live up. Actually, something.
1: that's awesome. We will sell our souls to the. Uh, well, I will sell my soul to
0: this. In fact, I think Kyle Scott, if you're listening, I just found my job at Crossing Broad. I'll take 185 billion dollars, <laughs> please. <laughs> As analytical as always, thank you, Max, for your takes on <laughs> that, on golf. That wasn't nice to say that about our oh, guest. Oh no, he's first of all, he's not a guest; he's my brother-in-law, so I can be as mean to him as I want. Um, I <laughs> listen. That, the one thing you like about Max is you always know you're going to get a good answer, but then. After that answer, he's going to ask you a question. Which, he's a thinker. Which is fantastic. He is a thinker. And sometimes you, you think a lot, and it takes a little bit to get the words out. But you know what? He's
1: always, always thinking, and that's have, why.
0: Have you have you heard of the game Settlers of Catan? I've heard of it, yes. Okay, so I've played games of Settlers of Catan with Max. I, I basically have to clear a schedule to play that game. There's <laughs> some decision-making that has to go on, and good Lord. <laughs> he He's really thinking that. The problem is he most likely wins half the time because he's – I'm over there just trying to play a game. He's over there trying to conquer the world. He can outwit, outlast, outthink. Yeah. he he should go on the Survivor. I think I think he would go far in Survivor, or he would think himself out of the game. But because <laughs> people wouldn't be able to get a word out of they'd him, they'd be like, "Hey, buddy, who you voting for?" <laughs> Christ! But no, we imagine all love the, Max. And it's... Imagine
1: the video that had to go on the cutting room floor of Max, just like thinking at the at the podium, yeah, right? Like, like, oh, in the sharp man, again. who am I going to vote for? The, cra-
0: the crazy thing is when the when the answer does come. It's usually spot on.
2: It really is.
0: So thanks again to Max. What are we ending with today? I know um, we have a lot of things to talk about. We talked you about love the what's Dynasty. Trending. I do like what's trending. It's just fun at the end. But do you have anything else you want to talk about before I give you some what's trendings? No, no, no. Give me what's trending. All right, let me give you some what's trending. The first thing I found is which two sitcom dads are you keeping around? Somehow this got on my what trending thing. So there's there's six of them. You have to, you, you have to cut four and keep two. I'm going to read them off to you. You ready? Did I lose oh, you?
1: Sorry, sorry. Yes, my fault. Was that not trending? I was, I was shaking my head when I forgot this is an audio platform.
0: Yeah, it's an audio platform. So here we go. This is here's your six names. You got to cut four of them out of here. You got Tim Taylor, Danny Tanner, Philip Banks, Carl Winslow, Dan Connor, and Al Bundy.
1: Oh wow. Okay. So so keep Danny Tanner. You can R- only keep these... two. Oh, I can only keep two. Oh, yeah. Um... The other four are gone. See you know. Let's get a little sentimental. Dan Connor reminds me of my father. Big burly guy, bushy okay. hair, and everything. Danny Tanner. Shout out to Temple Zone. Bob Saget, RIP. Didn't know he and, went to Temple. And Ted Bundy and Bill Cosby did too. Diplo did too.
0: Um, and then uh, <laughs> Diplo did too.
1: Dan Connor and
0: Danny Tanner. The di- the two Dan. Okay, Dans. you're keeping the Dan. So I would I'd probably keep Philip Banks. Dan,
1: who's still alive from there
0: uh i mean dan tim connor's tim definitely evolved. i'm pretty sure he's alive yeah tim taylor's still alive danny and connor's i think still alive. i think al bundy's still alive too i think he's the dad from also uh what's that show modern family is he the same I dude think carl winslow might have died yeah you're right i don't know family matters i'm not look it's hard not to take danny tanner because he's an all-time great mm-hmm. but tim taylor kind of reminded me of my dad so i'd take phil banks and tim taylor that's a good. That's a good choice. I
1: mean, I wasn't yeah. a big home improvement guy. I would say I was more of a big family matters guy than <laughs> home improvement. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Do the grunts. Yeah. Um, let's see what else is trending here. Um, Variety has Joker Two. You watched it with your mom. You watched the first one with your mom. Are you excited for Joker Two? No. No. Why?
1: Uh, Joaquin would not be in my top three Jokers.
0: Really? Who's Who's your Who's your top three?
1: Okay, so that was a lie because I've only seen like three Joker movies. Okay, So I guess he would be, but it's it's obviously Heath. It's Heath. Um, and then there wasn't really a Joker before. It was uh, Jared Leto and it was uh, it was Joaquin. So I guess Joaquin does make it in my top. Are three. You, now
0: you're not putting Jack
1: Nicholson in there. I didn't. I never saw Jack Nicholson. OK.
0: Yeah. Jack Nicholas had one time played the Joker. as Well, well. Jack
1: Nicholson played Jack Nicholson, Nicholson played. Masters. Jack
0: Nicholson plays. The, yeah. And he's also mostly maybe he'll be in the live golf tour. Who knows? Who's
1: your favorite Joker?
0: It's Heath Ledger. I mean, if you don't say Heath Ledger, you shouldn't be in this country.
1: The, the new one will be
0: interesting. The
1: new one? Yeah, you never saw the new Batman? No.
0: The the new Batman.
1: The one with what's yeah. his face. You didn't see uh, Emo Rob Pattinson? No, Emo I Batman? haven't seen
0: The Batman yet. It's interesting. Yeah, I heard it's long. Zoe
1: Kravitz crushes it. Yeah, that's the one where you watch in the house, don't watch in the theaters.
0: Okay, good. It's kind of like, guy, guy. I mean... Uh, hey, can I ask you um, one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Top Gun 2 review. Oh, Top Gun 2 or 2. Unreal movie. That's my it literally is an Unreal movie. If you're a fan of the first one, um, you're gonna like the second one. Um, I think they do a very good job of there's there's some like odd stories, and it's a little bit less believable than the first one. Like it's a little Hollywood up a little bit. Um I won't give any spoilers away, but the ending's a little like, you know, it's suspect. You think of Ben Affleck at the end of, you know, Goodwill hunting. You suspect. It's suspect <laughs> at the end, right? But it's a good, it's a good brings the whole thing. You know, back to circle, everyone knows that, uh, you know, Miles Teller plays Goose's son. So it's it, it's a fun dynamic. Tom Cruise is a little less mavericky than he is in the first one. He's a little bit more humbled this time.
1: Hmm.
0: How's but my tell? Who's my tell? I don't know who that is. Miles Teller. Uh, yeah, he was fantastic.
1: Good. Okay. Broke records. So,
0: I had mean, to be good. look, they they played on nostalgia and they did it well. It's all you can ask for. Really. Yeah. Look, I, it's going to be one of those movies if it's on TV and I'm sitting at home and I don't have anything to do, you bet your ass I'm going to sit there and watch Top Gun, too. I will go see it again in theaters, too.
1: 500% um, applications in uh, up on applications in the Navy.
0: Yeah, because who? Look, actually, this is what I should have done for top five since we talked about this. We're not doing a top five this week. Me and you were talking about it. It's, like, it's just like a dude's rock moment, just like things that dudes get into. You see planes going fast. You're like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We talked about that on the phone the other day. It's like if you're sitting in your house and you hear the helicopter, you hear the sound. You bet your ass, you're getting up, whatever you're doing, and going to try and see it outside. It's yeah. just cool. Yeah, oh, I, just dude rocks moments, man. Like you're
1: you're exactly right. Like I live in the city, and sometimes the uh, the flyover from the Eagle Stadium would happen, and it just flies over my house. You you don't think I'm I'm missing the first play? I'm going to go watch that. I'm oh, missing the kickoff. Yeah, I'm going to watch that thing fly over. It's most likely
0: going to be a touchback anyway. I'm going to see that mm-hmm. go over. How many times am going to see that? Not a lot. Not a lot of yeah. stealth bombers come around here. <laughs> so I was at the Michigan game one time and the stealth bomber flew over that and I'm like that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: It's awesome. I think it's, you know, I, I think it's a little overrated, but man, until what, you're there. flyover?
0: Yeah, you know, it's A waste a of taxpayer dollars. A lot of people Yeah, get yeah, yeah. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Um, let me t- <laughs> Let me tell you something. Is there any more of a Dick Tickle that doesn't work out at the end when the flyover just turns out to be a helicopter? You're like, fuck.
1: Yeah, the uh, that the army navy game. Yeah, Black Hawks don't do it.
0: Like, cool. But I want to see something go really fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. And my ears hurt. really slow. Yeah. No wonder that thing went down.
0: Uh, there it is, and you can still hear it for like forty five yeah. minutes.
1: Uh, cool, cool.
0: Thank you very much for listening to the Warner Boys podcast presented by Crossing Broad. We'll talk to you next week. I'm <laughs> going